Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled, I'm Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about Star Trek The Next Generation Season 1 Episode 23 is called We'll Always Have Paris. So full spoilers for the episode as always. This episode basically d does two things, it gives us some, some background on Picard, mainly his love life and kind of the, the, the love that he gave up before he... Not necessarily join Starfleet, but certainly when it was, he was at a crossroads where it was like either stay with Very this woman, committed, yeah. yeah, or commit to Starfleet for his, for the rest of his life. And then the other thing is we have a a timey wimey plot where there's like weird like echoes of time happening because there's like a weird dimension yeah. experiment that's went amok and it's causing ripples throughout the the yeah. solar system and beyond. So. Those are the two key things here. Um, and I was worried about this episode because old flame episode. Uh, that, that can yeah. that can be. I rough. got whiplash early on as to what this episode was going to be because it was just throwing everything at me. There was a bit where I was like, "Oh, is this another you know holodeck, uh, holodeck episode?" Yeah, I actually see early on because when we get the first like time thing happens and they realize where they're going and Picard hears the name of the Doctor who's sent this distress beacon. And, you know, Troy says, hey, I got an intense emotional reaction when you heard that name. It's like, you know, we, we've got a few hours to get there, so if you want to go and, like, you know, talk to me or just work out your feelings before we do. And then he goes to the holodeck and he recreates this this cafe in Paris from 22 years ago. I thought, is the rest of this episode going to be in the holodeck? Is it all going to be, like, you know, only at the very end we'll come out the holodeck and we'll get to where we're going and have a yeah, quick plot? Yeah, I thought plot. that was a possibility. Yeah, I thought that maybe was happening. Uh, I was I was relieved when it didn't because I didn't necessarily think him in a, a Paris coffee shop for forty minutes was going to be all that engaging. Particularly compelling, no. So I, I was glad about that. Uh, but yeah, so so sure enough, uh, this Manheimer uh, and that name is not accidental. Um, yeah. But he's doing experiments and he actually is married to the woman that Picard was once with and. Uh, he never showed up at the coffee shop when they were supposed to meet. He instead just shipped out <laughs> with Starfleet. Um, Bit and, of a dick move. And has never seen her since, because when they talk later, when they finally get a, a, a chance to have a private conversation later, uh, it's like, yeah, they've not spoken since that day. Like, he, he knows yeah. who she's married to. He's probably just used his own pool with the Starfleet computers to keep track They'll of that. Do a little bit of research, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That seems to be the, the implication I get. Uh, because even he does this thing, and the crew notice it on the bridge when they get like to the distress speaking, and like her voice comes on the comms, and she's like, "Oh, this is blah blah outpost blah blah blah," and he's like, "This is captain of the starship Enterprise." <laughs> he just kind of doesn't say his name, yeah. um, and like Jordy and Data just kind of look at each other like, "That was weird." That was that was odd, wasn't it? That was really odd. Um, and the stuff with Picard and this woman, uh, Janice, is is fine. Passable. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not particularly great. I think I, I think where it works for me is stuff like when uh, when Crusher walks in the room and he's talking to her. And it's like it's she's like... Awkward. Yeah, and it's like she's invading like an old relationship. Uh, and I was actually yeah. surprised that later in the episode, Troy actually comes and talks to her about it and says, hey, do you want to talk about what's, what's eating that? He's like, I don't want to talk about that. So, yeah, you got to have some use for a therapist. But the, correct me if I'm wrong, but the, this conversation with Troy is the first time it's outright actually being kind of suggested that they've got feelings for each other, right? Like, we've had moments and looks and we've had like the moments between the two of them themselves, but... Troy coming in and kind of talking to her about it. it's the first time that it seems like Crusher actually cares about Picard and she knows that Troy knows she cares about Picard and is 
talking about her feelings okay. in some way. You know? I'm not sure. I don't recall any specific instances. I don't before. think they have. I, I, this, this was the most overt, I think, they've, they've been with it. And she never even outright says, I'm in love with Jean-Luc Picard. But she... Obviously, yeah. what she's saying has implications, and it's very kind of clear which what you know what her feelings are here. Um, and and I, I didn't need this scene, like even just the moment itself when she walks around the corner and it's like, oh, I'm intruding, and they clearly have chemistry in front of me, and they're clearly, you know, reminiscing yeah. of old times, and uh, you know, and, and there's there's no cheesy plot where it's like, oh, will she cheating her husband? Will Picard be a dick here? <laughs> like, yeah, no, that that would have been tedious. That would have been tedious. But now, to Picard's credit, he keeps this. It's clear that it's affecting him, but he keeps it as professional and as you know, yeah, as he can. It's it's very yeah, definitely. Uh, and I, I think honestly, where this episode really falls down for me, it's not so much that I necessarily love this stuff. Although I do think some of the stuff with Crusher makes it, it gives it the spark it needs for us to care as an audience because we don't really care about this woman. She's just kind of this yeah, one-off yeah. backstory character. Where it kind of maybe falls flat though is I got quite intrigued by the the other side of the plot early on when they started having these yeah. weird ripples and they're seeing themselves in the turbo lift or you know Picard's fencing. It, we open the show in Picard fencing. Can we just actually yeah. acknowledge that for a, a minute? Because it's cool as shit. Of course Picard fences. He looks like a fencer. He does, yeah. He looks like the type of man who just wants to say, Oh God! Like, every so often. Mm. Yeah, he does. He just does. Uh, but he, uh, yeah, he's open to fencing. But they end up repeating a little moment. And at first I thought it was like a glitch in the holodeck. Like, he wasn't in like a room with a person. He was in the holodeck. And the holodeck glitched. And it's like, wait, yeah. what just happened, Captain? I'm like, oh no, he's a real dude. Oh, okay, something else is happening. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. No, I I got immediately way more into this plot because it's just significantly more interesting. No matter what, even if it had gone off the rails, it was just more interesting to begin with. It was more interesting to begin with. I think it falls flat a little bit though because it never really gets into it as much as it really should, and it's yeah. intentionally very vague. Like, okay, so he's doing experiments trying to like discover another dimension, and he he his body was the reason why like the husband's sick is because the doctor is because part of him's still over there, and they need to fix the the timey wimey like. Yeah, and and Data's got to go in and do some stuff because he's kind of all right with it all. He 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 can process the weird timey effects better than the humans can, uh, as as he points out. Uh, but you're actually skipping over stuff because they try to beam down even before that, and uh, it doesn't work. Uh, basically, they almost lose the people they beam down. It's, it's Data, Worf, and and Riker. They go down and they almost lose them. And it's like Picard's like they'll just beam them back up, and he, that's like a struggle because the, the the guy at the comms is like, "Hey, you're lucky to be back at all, <laughs> sir." When Riker's yeah. like, "Why are we back here? Like, what's going on?" Um. And then we find out there's a lot of security procedures, and when they were describing all this stuff, like I thought the back half of the episode was going to be like, okay, we have to go into that that lab, and we have to like get to the Figure thing. Figure out a way, yeah. But it wasn't as much of a, a surface, because it's funny, because, you know, Chernobyl's on just now, and I was almost getting like a weird, lukewarm sci-fi Chernobyl vibe, where it's like, okay, the, the, the experiments like malfunctioned or exploded or whatever, and we have to send someone in through the dangerous landscape to get to it and like try and turn it off because it's causing all these time distortions. Right, and I was sort of thinking of, and, and I thought the back half not that it was going to be anywhere near as dangerous as Chernobyl was, but just that it would be like going through the lab and like weird time things would start to happen, and that doesn't mm. really occur not until the very end, and Data just kind of quickly deals with it. Yeah, there's just a, there's a moment where there's three Datas, and it's like, wait, wait, which one of us is it? And it's just like, it's cool, guys, it's me. Yeah, how he knows that? <laughs> just because Data know, knows. Just, just, yeah, just uh, confidence in himself. 
yeah. But it, all, it didn't amount to as much as I think I was hoping. So No, it, it didn't, it, because we had to spend so much of the, the runtime on the other plot, which is a little frustrating that, that it feels like... Because, like I said, the other plot is fine, it's, it's serviceable, um, but I am annoyed at it for taking time away from this. <laughs> uh, it's a weird critique, though, because ultimately you have to kind of think to yourself that clearly the other plot the, the love story plot is the main purpose of this episode what's yes. happened with her husband and the, the, the experiment that's went wrong is just there because there needs to be the the action plot of the episode the 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 exciting sci-fi part of the episode right it feels like kind of an afterthought and it's a shame because the the basic structure the, the, the basic structure but the, the basic idea of it is actually pretty interesting and i'm like i could do with a whole episode based around this yeah it is a problem where they, they overshadowed their main point with the side plot and we're like, no, 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 give give it that main thing. Give us more of this. <laughs> give us more of this. Give give us timey wimey. Give us looping things. And there's some neat little things in there. There's a character moment for Data when he's talking to Picard. And Picard's like, okay, I'm going to send you down alone because now that the professor's woke up for a bit and he's given us the codes for the alarms and things like that. Uh, although this is another episode where Data's dodging a laser. Uh, I just want to point that yeah, out. Yeah, he's some... getting he's getting quite adept at that. Data laser dodging, as as, as I call it. You just need to say laser. So you, you call it exactly what it is. No, you need to say laser as if it's spelled, you know, it's not laser. Laser. Uh, Data laser. Data laser touching. Terrible. <laughs> I will I never, not support that. I never said it was good. But, you know, we have this moment when Picard says, you can go down on your own. And he's like, oh, that makes sense, sir. I, I'm a machine. I am dispensable. And he's like, no, 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 you're indispensable. But here's why you, I'm sending you down because you seem to be able to process these t- you know yeah. you, you seem to understand what's happening whereas we get confused we we, we just sort of break down like wait i'm seeing myself what's happening um yeah, yeah. and like well actually time is a constant it's almost like his natural clock is just accurate all the time because he's a because he is an android yeah yeah he you know he talks about how you know we perceive time differently you know you know, mm. you know time flies when you're having fun and and you know that the, there is a truth to you know the perception of time being different right oh, absolutely whenever i'm recording um, with you it, it, it feels like it, it, goes, feels on like it goes on forever yeah. i know i know um i feel the same um but you know, like I say, his internal clock is just exact it is constant it is, there is no perception uh of it it's just as it is yeah uh, and it's another one of those little things they could play with as time goes on, like how data perceives things. Like, does he start to perceive things as more of a human? You know, after a lot of experiences, does it? They could. They probably won't ever come back to it again. But well, I'm all annoyed could. that they're probably never going to come back to this specific thing. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be other episodes that have similar ideas to what this one did. But it kind of bugs yeah. me that it'll probably not be the further results of because because we know that the doctor's going back down to continue his experiments. He's not finishing here. He's he's going to keep going. Yeah, he is because he thinks it's worth doing and i'm like it's a shame that we're probably never gonna get an episode where his completed research leads to something yeah. or his completed experiments leads to something great i don't know uh as I say, it's, it's, it's the biggest fault of the episode probably is that it, it has potential in the side plot and i'm like yeah if you can call it the side plot it kind of is it kind of isn't it it, just... it, it feels relatively even in terms of runtime um... I, well i meant more so that in, it's technically the same plot because it's all one yeah. thing really it's just that in our heads we have two main elements of it we have the romance yeah. with the, the old flame and we have the actual sci-fi timey-wimey mm. uh time distortions I, I might call them yeah that's a it's a pretty reasonable way of describing it yeah 
Because the first one's just a repetition thing, it's just like a deja vu thing, and then the second one, it's more like... Yeah, it's like... just like a little second is repeated, and then it seems like, oh no, they're glimpsing into the future this time. Yeah. Well, now, what I thought was interesting about that one, though, when they got in the turbo lift, is that we actually didn't stick with the original set that went on the turbo lift, we actually switched to the original set. And what was neat about that, I thought, was that... Because they walk out of the turbo lift, they're having this conversation about what to do, and then the doors open... And it's them before they got on the turbo lift. But when the door shuts again, we stay with the ones that were about to go on the turbo lift. And it's almost like we stick with those characters because their perception has been changed because they just saw themselves, you know, 30 seconds in the future. So yeah. I think, because you, so you're right that it's that they're seeing the future, but I, what, what I think is interesting is we actually start with the original set who are not in the future, and then it, we, we switch to the the the. the the we previous do, yeah. set. I, I just think that's interesting from a dynamics point of view. And it's part of what I yeah, thought like, was inventive and where I thought they might go with more of this episode. Whereas, like, yeah, yeah. There was, there was so much potential with... Because this is such um, a specific play with the time rules mm-hmm. that I, I'm, I'm sure it's been done before in other places, but it's, it's so nailed down in what it was doing in terms of the mechanics that it felt like there was a lot it could do. Uh, and it, it kind of just stayed at the bare minimum. I think what's interesting as well is the idea even that there is like a correct one. You know, at the end when Data has to put the, the antimatter into the, the big experiment to, to shut it down, he's like, no, it has to be at the exact right time. So when there's like, because in my head, I think at first I assumed that no, all, all two or three timelines are valid. Like they're all just different parts of the time uh, and are, we're just seeing multiple things at the same time or, or you know, whatever. But mm. by the end of the episode, it's like, no, 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 one of them is correct. One of them is the what is happening now. And the the other one or two are, are either echoes of the future, or echoes of the past. But yeah, uh, I thought that was an interesting. Again, more could have been played with that, and that could have been. I mean, let's say the episode started off with like, okay, we've got these like echoes of before and after, and then the second half could be well, we have to have a f- way of figuring out which one's the correct one, which one is actually happening now, because because if that's mm-hmm. relevant and stopping it, then I don't know. <laughs> There's so much potential in this stuff. There is, there is. It's frustrating, isn't it? <laughs> God damn it, Picard, you selfish prick. I don't know Taking if it's a valuable runtime. I'm blaming him. <laughs> I don't know if it's <laughs> And to be fair, I did like the some scenes with the with the, the old flame that are okay. Like uh, yeah, no, they are. That's... When she comes to see him and she's like, "Okay, this is the first chance we've had to talk," and you weren't coming to me, uh, which again it tells us something about his character that he would never like in this prof- professional capacity where he's the captain of this ship, he's there to help with a distress call, he would never actually go and make this personal, but she comes to him, yeah. right? That tells us something about him. And then after that, you know, she's like, okay, why didn't you show up that day in the coffee shop? He starts just telling the truth. He's like, oh, I was afraid. And he's like, no, I don't want the truth. <laughs> Give me something that's easy and, you know, I could just accept. Yeah. He's like, oh, sorry, I-, I thought it was Tuesday. And it turned out it was Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't catch a cab. It was really. <laughs> yeah, he just spills off like a handful of things. And I think what I like about this scene is that it's the one scene where I kind of feel like, okay, it tells us something about Picard, so it's, it's useful to us in the grand scheme of the show because it's given us more insight into him and how he will treat a romance in the context of his of his professional life, uh, you know, his personal and professional lives. Uh, and yeah, we've seen that to an extent with Crusher and how he's not really kind of pursuing anything and he's kind of awkwardly avoiding it, but. This gives us a greater insight to it, and I think the other thing that makes the scene work is the idea that this is maybe the one scene in the episode where I actually get the chemistry a little bit, where I get the yeah. sh- she calls him out and things, and it's not like awkward. It's not. It's like she's and like, he, I know who you are. It's a very playful response, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah. Is it, you know, he cracks some jokes when she does that, and yeah. it's almost like he's just sliding back into a comfortable blanket that he's he's yeah. not been under for a long time. Um, it's like he, he stops being Captain Picard for just 30 seconds, and this yeah. was what this person does to him. And it's the one scene where I'm like, I actually get that there was a relationship here. I buy that this was something that happened 20-something years ago. Um, yeah, it, it felt natural. Yeah, so I think that scene was pretty good, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's it's not it's not that there are no bad scenes in in uh, that side of the plot because there's probably very few that I would point out and say that's a bad scene. Um, yeah, no, they're, it, they're, it's yeah, they're, they're mostly at least they're at least serviceable always, if not yeah, some yeah, of outright good. They never they were never like tedious. They were never like oh why am I doing this? But I, I found myself in maybe you know sixty seventy percent of the scenes going oh I wish I was back on the other. Plot. Oh sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the problem with this. Uh, um, even even though, like I say, you know, you do have you know some scenes like this one that are really good and um, get your attention enough that you're not thinking about the other plot instead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I mean, that's basically the episode. Uh, I, I do want to say though, I thought the ending was interesting because you know they're going down. Picard brings out the holodeck. She's never seen a holodeck before, and she's just like, "There's a cafe in Paris, and they have like a goodbye mm. there," and it's kind of sweet. Uh, it's a cat. I actually really respect them for not doing something obvious here, like oh, she'll give him one cheeky kiss goodbye, even though she's married. Like I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, do that, that would have been um, just cliche. Yeah, this felt like it was no, no. It was like, it was like harkening back to what they'd went through without. You know, it never really felt like Picard any had any weird intentions here. It was always just this is where we were supposed to say goodbye, and if I was man enough to actually show up and do it at the time, because when because he talks about that, he says that. He, he had a decision to make and it was either commit himself to Starfleet or commit himself to her and he wasn't really sure which one was right he just got scared of making the choice and not having to confront her was the easier option essentially yeah. it's him it's him admitting that he made, he made a you know he, he was he was at fault he 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 failed in a in an act in his life but it's not an embarrassing yeah. and, one you and understand it wasn't why the, the mistake wasn't the choice itself like you know the, the yeah. outcome that he chose it was more uh the way he went about it by not you know being honest with her at the time yeah, although I did get the impression from the scene that he still doesn't necessarily know like which one was necessarily the correct choice. Like he's not dissatisfied with what he's doing in his life, but there's no, moments, absolutely. there's moments when he sees her with you know, her husband, and he's you know there's maybe a look in his face that says, "Yeah, this you know I could have been with her, and I may have just been as happy, if not more." Like I, d- yeah. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. He, he certainly just he just doesn't know. Uh, but yeah, the the big feeling is that he never showed up and actually confronted it and said that to her and yeah. made his choice. Uh, so he kind of you know essentially recreates it at the end here uh, but the one thing i want to say about the ending though is that when you know they, they've left and he's back in the bridge and i loved it when he walks in everyone's just kind of quiet and just kind of staring at him and he's like is everything okay they're like yes sir uh, but they're yeah. really all just sitting awkwardly because they know he's just said goodbye to someone he cares about <laughs> but he's he's snapped straight back into captain yeah. mode immediately yeah and then, and then you know, he sits down and he's like okay where are we going and they're going somewhere and raker's like Oh yeah, we're going there. You know, I was there once. They had these these blue drink things, and you know, Troy kind of like comes in and says, "Yeah, it's right across from this bar." And is it? And then Picard like names it exactly. Says, "And Troy, you're buying." Uh, and there's nothing necessarily notable about this little scene. It's a little, little bit of banter, but I think why I mentioned it is because it's maybe one of the first times I felt like there's been a little banter scene at the end, kind of a la, you know, Kirk, uh, Spock, and McCoy. Series, yeah, we used to get that a lot. You know, yeah. at the end, you just have the. The, the bridge the bridge banter scene it was almost every episode and we've always had a scene in the bridge usually at the end of these and you know picard will say engage or you know whatever yeah, yeah. Um, uh, rarely have banter but this was a little jokey banter thing uh and it was just notable to me because it reminded me of the original series so yeah yeah i get that 
So because it was always it was always notable in the original series when we didn't have those moments. We we noticed yeah. them a lot. So uh, yeah, is uh, I'd be okay with them kind of returning if if they kind of want to start easing those in. And they've got more characters to play with, I think, in this show because I think the original yeah. show. It very much felt like the core three and then everyone else was like a, a secondary character. This show, I feel like we can bounce around to Data, Jordy, Worf without it feeling weird. Like, you know, like, mm. uh, I mean, arguably Picard and Riker are the top two, but like, it's not as clear cut, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, like, so like Picard is definitely the top one. Yes. Like, and then I, I would probably agree with Riker after that. Three is. Mm. I think there's a third. Not really. I I think sometimes, depending on the episode, they'll treat Data as the third. They'll treat Troy as the third. They'll treat Crusher as the third. But it it doesn't seem to be a consistent. It doesn't know. Um, I'd I'd say those ones you just named are above Worf and Geordi though. For now. For now, like what? Yeah, as as where we are right at you know at this point of the show, um, those they seem to be on the bottom of the hierarchy. Oh, the main cast, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Wesley can... <laughs> uh, he doesn't count. Well, it's a shame because Tasha would maybe at the bottom before, but... <laughs> the yeah. puddle got yeah. The puddle got Ow. <laughs> would you hurt yourself? You, would, you went loud then. That actually distorted. Oh, did it? Good. Yeah. Give it some drama. <laughs> Give it some drama. Uh, let's see what's coming next week. Uh... Next episode. So episode twenty four uh, is called Conspiracy, and this is a notably higher that, that rating. That always bodes well. What? A higher rating, you say? Much higher. I don't know. Whenever I hear something is called Conspiracy, I inwardly groan because it's usually not a good sign. I, I have two points in this. One is the rating's much higher. Like we're shooting up to an eight point two here from a six point six. Oh, okay. That is a significant. And two, Tara a couple of weeks ago said to me something on the lines of "Oh, conspiracy soon," as if that meant something. So, okay. So conspiracies next Tara, time. Tara, stop giving him little hints like this. You're ruining <laughs> all the fun. <laughs> I don't want him having advance warning. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I was kind of happy having an advance warning about Puddle of Evil uh, or Skin of Evil, whatever it was called. There is Puddle of Evil. I mean, that's what it was. Uh, we're renaming it. That's what I'm referring to it as. It's Puddle of Evil. Um, after diverting to a secret meeting with an old friend and some Starfleet's, some of Starfleet's finest commanders, Picard finds the Horatio blown to bits just hours after meeting, after the meeting, and he returns to the Enterprise to Earth looking for answers. Horatio, I presume, is uh, a, a ship. ship. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Ship or a star, uh, a base, maybe a star. Okay. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, doesn't have the designation before it as to to tell us what it's class or you know yeah 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 it's a ship or a star base you know whatever poorly written description but I've, these are users submitted I think so I'm not going to hold that against anyone mm. in particular I'm I'm, I'm going to hold it against it a little bit <laughs> yeah so conspiracy is uh is the next episode so looking forward to that um but yeah that's that's us so uh, I I just want to oh. say before we before we finish this uh this remaster um. Oh, there's one shot. There was one shot. I know we were going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Because even before I started the episode, I put I on my Blu-ray, and it goes, "Please note, this episode features two seconds of un uh, unenhanced footage or whatever the word it used was." I was like, "This is unacceptable." I noticed that. 
I noticed that yeah. it, was, it was a shot of Riker when they're at the car, yeah. computer at one point. Yeah. I'm like, this is this is not acceptable. What are you playing at? It was really obvious. I, they must have just lost the uh, the footage. Must have done. Yeah, but, so they, um, so they, they just had to take the SD footage and shove it in. Yeah, yeah, but un- unacceptable. Just, hey, just out of twenty six hours of TV in season one, two seconds. In bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's not bad, but it's not good enough. <laughs> I'm so sorry. This I'll get Freaks back in. Just just pretend you're 25 again, Freaks. Yeah, why not? I, I want to find the exact word. It was um. <laughs> Note: Episode contains two seconds of SD footage upconverted to HD. I'm like, oh, okay. I noticed. I I, I yeah. didn't get a warning, but I noticed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just comes up with a little warning at the, at the uh, on the uh, the menu when you click on the episode. I was mm. like, hmm. Yeah, and as noble, actually, we should mention that I believe after that we only have one more episode uh, before we hit uh, the. Because the, it's twenty six episodes, but the first two counted was was one big episode. Yes. So, uh, so episode twenty five is technically the finale of the season. So we have two more. So the plan right now is to get those two done, uh, do our best of the season video or top five, and then there'll probably be a couple of weeks off before we start season two. So I'm just going to start warning you about that now. Yes. Yeah. Busy period, but we thought end of season is a nice chance for just a couple of weeks break. Yeah, it's a good place to have a break for a couple of weeks, just to let everyone, you know, breathe, catch up, feels like a natural thing. And then we can go back out of season two, uh, you know, full swing. Yeah. Full swing. That's the plan. Yeah. Um, do you think Raker has a beard in season two, or is that season three before he gets goatee? It's my understanding it's season two. But I may be misinformed. I hope it is. I think it looks better with the beard. It does. It does. Me, um, me, we, we have something in common with the Raker in that I think I look better with a beard, as does Raker. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen you without a beard, I think, and yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I guess for me too. I can I can curl that Connor's face is pretty abhorrent without that yeah. chin curtain well, to I mean, give it shape. To be honest, that's the whole point of a beard is, is to... <laughs> Chain, you know, to fix the shape, right? <laughs> <laughs> it goes for both of us because I've seen you without a beard too, and yeah, there's a there's the occasional video where you've made a shaving mishap, and there's like a week where, where you're a week like of, a fool. Yeah, there's a week of no beard until it grows back. Yeah. in, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. all right, that's been that's been episode twenty three of Star Trek: Next Generation. So let us know what you thought of the episode in the comments, like and subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, to promote some stuff to you uh, that may be of interest, obviously. Uh, we do review new Star Trek shows as they come. We did Star Trek Discovery, obviously Picard. When that hits, we'll be doing. Uh, so you know, look forward to that as well as the new stuff from CBS All Access. Um, in terms of classic sci-fi stuff, uh, there's also classic reviews of the original Twilight Zone you can check out, and also classic reviews of Babylon Five, which is still in season one. That's been going a little bit slower, but that should be speeding up soonish. Um, so go check out those. Seem to be of interest. Uh, and then as for new TV shows coming up. Uh, I mean, th- this will be another week or so before it's out to everyone, but we should be into the swing of a new season of Black Mirror, Handmaid's Tale, Dark's coming up, Tool to Die Young's coming up, Stranger Things season three is only about a month away. So, Hen- hence the reason why there might be a couple of weeks off between seasons. Hey, between seasons is a nice time to put it. I, I, no, it is. I don't feel it too is. bad having a break there. We, we, we hit the, the, I mean, bar, barring any major complications on these last episodes, <laughs> we hit the full season, you know, every week. We did, we did. I'll, I'll be I'll be proud of that. But hey, uh, that is, 
that is us. So thank you once again for watching and listening. Get us on Patreon, patreon.com slash TV if you want to support the show and the channel and everything we do here. Keep the reviews coming, get some bonuses, get some exclusives, keep the, the lights on, as I've heard other podcasters say. Uh, but that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We'll always appreciate it. Keep watching Star Trek, guys. And to everyone but Connor, live long and prosper. <laughs>